On this episode of Inside MusicCast, we take you back to Norway for a chat with past guest Ulla Barud. We last spoke to Ulla back in 2011 when he released his second solo album, Keep Moving. Since that time, he has been involved in other projects, including reuniting with his band Extal, who released their fifth studio album, self-titled Extal. He also had the opportunity to travel to Las Vegas to perform with Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns. His latest efforts have focused on the conception and release of his new solo project, Stepping Up, a brand new collection of West Coast-oriented songs that is arguably some of his best work to date. Inside Music Cast welcomes back Ula Baru. Hey Ula, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much, you guys. It's a pleasure. Hey, yeah, you know, um, gosh, it's been three and a half years since we last had you on the show. It was like April of 2011. Can you believe that? Yeah, yeah, you know. It doesn't seem like that long. Time flies fast. A lot's happened since then, and uh, and we wanted to talk about a couple of those things before we dive into uh, talking about your new album, Stepping Up. You know, after the last solo project, uh, Keep Moving, you went back for an album with your band, Extol. And uh, did that time with the group help you bring something new to your solo work and, and to the uh, recording process of, of this latest album? Yes, I definitely think that uh, it did because... Uh, I really enjoy trying to be as wide and as open as possible when it comes to music. So if I was to be stuck with only one thing for the rest of my life, that would, um, well, that would at least limit myself. Uh, It it would be a limitation, I think. So Mm -hmm. just the fact that I was able to get back with the guys in Extol and uh, do an album, which I'm really, really proud of, uh, and it sounds awesome awesome yeah. uh, that was just great fun and um because of this I, I you know i got some time away from what i do usually which brought kind of like a fresh clean approach to the new album i think yeah so it was definitely good it's neat you know um you know about six months only after we spoke to you last it might have been october of 11 or something i think you traveled to vegas las vegas uh Actually, I sure did. Yeah, remember that, and and you played a gig with uh, our good friend Jerry Lopez and yes. and the uh, Santa Fe uh, Fat City Horns. Um, you know what can you uh, tell us? We hadn't talked with you personally after that, but that must have been a re- really neat experience that uh, might have uh, uh, connected you not only face to face with Jerry, but um, maybe take some things away. Tell us about that. Absolutely, it was a great experience, and it was such a treat to meet all of those guys—really sweet fellas, all of them. And um, what happened was that me and my wife Hilda, we went over to the states basically for like uh, a couple of weeks or something like that, and um, basically for a vacation. But the thing was that uh, prior to this, um, 
I had a chat, a couple of chats with uh, Jerry, and um, we managed to pull it off. You know, to to have a um, uh, get together in mm-hmm. Vegas while I was there, which was really great. So um, it was a fortunate thing, definitely, and it was great fun just to be there. It was kind of weird because I had to kind of. Uh, get out of the vacation mode, and all of a sudden, I'm I'm yeah. on a on a <laughs> Vegas club stage. But it was all good fun, definitely. Yeah, I I've had a chance to see those guys perform live a couple of times, and it's just, I mean, they truly are one of the best live bands I've ever seen. I mean, they're just they're just yeah, phenomenal. Just, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And what do you say about that horn section? Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't think there's it's any just any, awesome any better yeah. out there. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. If if I recall correctly, also was that uh, that was the time when you were able to meet up with uh, um, our IMC correspondent Mikael Engstrom. Was he there also? And Scott Gross? Absolutely. Scott Gross was there too. I saw a photograph of you. Yeah, Mickey Mickey was there, and Scott was mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And um, afterwards, we uh, hung out in um, L.A. Oh, that's and, right. Uh, yeah. I should tell you guys this. You, I, I'm, I'm sure you know, but I got to meet one of my. I, I, I wouldn't say that I'm a guy that have like idols, yeah. but uh, if I, <laughs> if I was to have one of them, Richard Page would, yeah. would be one of them. Yeah. And I, you know, I got to meet one of the guys that I've been listening to so much for uh, all of my life, mm-hmm. and that was really a treat. And uh, I'm really thankful to Scott and Mickey for pulling that one off. That's cool. That was really just great fun. We just hung out in um, Santa Monica. He was telling stories and just being a just a sweet person, you know. Yeah, I think I saw I saw those pictures. I saw those pictures of you guys. Uh, somebody posted, probably Scott or Mikhail yeah. posted those. But yeah, that, that yeah. was a great moment, a great shot too. Yeah, right. absolutely. And, and speaking of uh, Mikhail and Scott, I, Eddie and I wanted to thank them for. Uh, for doing uh, some some research and some uh, question writing for today's yeah, uh, interview. Thanks, so guys. thanks, Scott and Mikhail. Thank you. Great. Hey, speaking of that uh, Santa Fe and the uh, Fat City Horns gig, they even shot a live DVD of yeah, that show, yeah. uh, which is fantastic. I, I own that one. And uh, the dis- I was just curious, just from that exposure, did you gain some new fans or other opportunities through that performance or that particular DVD? Did that help spark anything for you? That's really hard to tell because um, – I mostly gig back home here in uh, right. Scandinavia, mm-hmm. and um, I would have thought in that um, if if it was to be something that uh, um, gave something more, yeah. I, I would have thought it would happen uh, probably overseas a bit more. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really not sure about that, really. Yeah. Uh, but maybe on on a long term scale, yeah, perhaps it'll it'll give something off, you know. Well, hey, let's uh, let's dive right in and talk about mm-hmm. your new album, uh, Stepping Up. And uh, you know, Eddie and I have had a chance to listen to this, and and the the music on this new album feels you know surrounded with you know just this was this is a comment mm-hmm. from Scott. You know, he said it feels surrounded with more air and has a more organic approach. And was this a specific intention? Yes, I do definitely think that it was because i think that the previous two albums are really good and i'm i'm very happy with the way they turned out Mm -hmm. but on the other hand they might feel a bit like uh they're a bit intense so to speak (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. that is obviously a part of who i am but at the same time um i really knew that i wanted to have 
have something different going on on this new album. And uh, the easiest way to uh, try to explain what kind of direction I wanted to take it to was probably to have it be a bit more in the veins of... of uh, well, it actually just goes to my love for Steely Dan, basically. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That way of thinking a musical aesthetic is is really just so appealing to me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, shouldn't be shy about that, you know, being a huge fan of such fantastic music. And uh, it's just a... It's just a huge uh, source of inspiration, whatever uh, Steely Dan and Donald Fagan has done up through the years. And so um, with that in mind, um, I, I really wanted the new album to have a bit more of a, an airy approach and uh, yeah. perhaps a bit more relaxed, basically, I think, mm -hmm. at least, personally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting you're saying, you know, the, how when we, we do hear the small inclinations of, of Steely Dan, the vibe, you know, on, mm -hmm. on several of the tunes, you yeah. know, and mm. and uh, and it, it's, uh, you, you can definitely, we can see what you're doing, and mm -hmm. I, I really enjoy what you're doing with everything, you know, because, uh, you know, it's, uh, with stepping up, it's it's sort of like a seamless follow-up to, you know, keep keep moving, um, by but by being seamless, you know, we're referring to the, the the prevailing West Coast vibe that just seems to breathe. It it seems that this Steely Dan, this West Coast, is just flowing a little more naturally. I think I think I see what you're saying about your previous projects, a little more driven, a little more energy, a little more hype. But this one yes. seems to be a little more as if you're breathing. You know, it, it's coming out exactly. naturally. You know, it's uh, yes. I would say that the new album is a bit more. Um, relaxed and laid back mm -hmm. in a way uh, that's not to say that it's completely stripped of, of uh, funky tunes so you have a couple of really like uh, probably typ typical of, of me uh, tunes that are quite funky and stuff like that yeah. uh, but at the same time um, I definitely think that it's a, it's a um, perhaps it's a bit uh, stupid to call it mature but at the same time it feels like it's a bit more yeah. mature album I, I totally agree um, mm -hmm. Ule, what, what else would you say that, that would set stepping up apart from anything you've done in the past what else other than that West Coast vibes give us some nuances there well I do think that the writing showcases hopefully something a bit different yeah. uh, for, from the previous two albums I do feel like I've grown as a as a songwriter, and uh, at least I've tried to to um, move ahead. <laughs> so, uh, and with that, hopefully, hopefully comes some some new um, angles to to how to write a song. Mm -hmm. You know, the main thing yeah. would be that it's a bit more relaxed. It's a it's a it's going back to that kind of sophisticated pop music aesthetic kind of uh which i'm really uh, a huge fan of and uh just trying to as much as i can get away from uh letting a song be just uh overthrown by fancy uh, a fancy wall of sound just because the song might be a bad song if you know what i mean just mm -hmm. just try to make the song as good as possible and let that speak for itself and um yeah you know, I, I got to ask this, and I just this just popped into my head. And I we may have touched on this in our first interview a few years mm -hmm. ago, but 
You know, your band Extol is mm-hmm. is a metal band. For those who are listening to the show today and and don't know Extol, you, you guys are, are you know a pretty heavy metal band, but it's kind of a melodic metal band. I, I really like some of the stuff you guys do, and mm. and but and I asked the question earlier. Um, you know, how, you know, did working or that project that you did a couple of years ago with Extol, did that bring something to your new solo work? And I'm just curious about the crossover between, you know, metal and the type mm-hmm. of this, you know, the smooth West Coast vibe that you've got going in your solo work. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you bring from Extol and that, that sort of metal feel mm-hmm. into the kind of work you do on your solo projects, which is, which is very different, obviously. I'm not sure I, I view it like that, that uh-huh. I'm bringing something from one camp to the other. Sure. Um, but I'm probably thinking in a way that both of the camps are part of me and it's a natural way of, of just letting out something. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure that you'll, if you get to know me like more and more, uh, you'll get, you'll understand that the melodic aspect of what I do is quite prominent in uh-huh. both Extol and what I do Absolutely. with my solo work. Yeah. And uh, so that would probably be something that you could spot out uh, more or less in the, in both of the camps, mm-hmm. I think. But, you know, um, going back to what I said earlier, um, it really would be, uh, I've had this question many times, like, how is it possible to do uh, such different things musically <laughs> but at the same time i'm thinking why not and why limit yourself and why shouldn't it be possible and why shouldn't it be possible to just try to do it as as good as you can yeah and if you have the love for it just go for it you know mm-hmm. it's really weird that people should limit themselves to something that other people say or whatever like uh, uh, a crowd thing says yeah. um that really is not the way to live life, in my opinion. So um, both of the styles are really natural to me. And this is not to say that I'm like, a, I can do whatever I want. That's definitely not what I'm trying to say. It's just that both uh, what I'm doing solo and with Extol has been such a huge part of me mm-hmm. up through the years. Yeah. Because uh, as a pretty young teenager, I got into harder music and uh, I stuck with it for so many years so it really it, it's kind of like beneath my skin that that kind of music as well so it really feels natural yeah. and it does not feel like I'm trying to put on a um, a mask or whatever musically yeah, yeah. it really is it flows naturally basically what I'm doing oh very cool well let's let's uh, let's head back to your album stepping up and and we were just curious about how long uh, were you in writing mode before you started this project? We released the the Extol album in um, thirteen last year, right? And uh, I believe I started writing after that because, um, as I did with the the previous album, I actually let myself have kind of like a a bit of a hiatus before I start writing again, just to make sure that I'm not like uh, worn out or bored with anything, just to have uh, best possible um, starting point. So um, I really took some time off and did the extol thing, and then I started writing. So I should probably say from three, four months to half a year, yeah. or something like that, I think. Yeah. I was in writing mode. And uh, this is a crossover with starting to track stuff, obviously. Okay. All right. Yes. So you're sort of tracking as you were writing, correct? Well, it, I, I basically, I think I started tracking like uh, at the very beginning of uh, this year. 
And then um, I think it was like that. Well, there's 10 tracks in the album, is that right? And I think there's a bonus 11th track for a Japan release. Is that accurate? Yes, yes. And then I think you've got a, a bonus track that's going to be on the Japanese release, right? Mm-hmm. So I was just curious, were there any songs that you composed that didn't make the cut uh, for the new album? Not really, because um, that's another part of, uh, of the way I work, is that um, I pretty much try to um, work my way through the songs that I want to have on an album. And uh, I just... Uh, I, I don't throw out like uh, tons of ideas and have uh-huh. like um, twenty five songs ready, and then I pick out ten of those. So right. it's 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 a bit more like I might uh, scrap a few ideas at the very beginning of writing. I might do that, but uh, then I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't say that there are songs uh, as much that as they are just some sort of a musical idea mm-hmm. and then I might scrap them but uh, the ones I stick with I really stick with them and I just make sure that uh, they go the direction I want them to go and so um, yeah that's the way I work basically interesting okay. yeah. yes you know it, it also looks as if you're playing a lot more bass on, uh, on well basically all, all the parts in this record which is another departure from your previous projects tell us about this and how it played into this album well, um, <laughs> how should I put that? I mean, <laughs> I definitely love the players that I, I play with. And uh, Lars Erik, which, which is my go-to bass player, is yeah. uh, he's an awesome bass player. But this was me trying to um, up my thing, more or less. Just I just wanted to give myself a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just wanted to see. Because I, I did like half the... Um, keep moving album i think uh, as far as bass goes and then uh, Lars Erik did the rest and um i basically wanted to see if i could do it like uh, a bass player would do it more or less that is i mean uh you, you would obviously you would probably have like thousands of different angles uh as to how to how to uh, do that job but at the same time i really wanted to just dive into that side of of uh of a song as a bass player so and that was great fun and definitely a challenge well hey eddie and ula uh, let's take a break and let's check out the first single that ula has released from his new album stepping up and this is a track called maybe <laughs>
listen to a different sound Coming from a different beat Hear the rhythm of the truth You feel complete It's your life Don't let it pass you by There's so much more Open up that door And maybe On another day Just baby You will know how to say That baby This life is just for you Tell us about some of the key players you had on this album, some of the uh, musicians you enlisted to play yes. on uh, Stepping Up. Well, uh, Ruben, Ruben is probably the um, kind of like in the middle of everything there because yeah. he, he plays all the drums and uh, he's really my favorite drummer, period. Okay. That was given that he would be a part <laughs> of it. And yeah. all, also the fact that um, I collaborate with him as far as um, studio goes. So I'm, I'm able to head over to his place in Oslo and track drums and track keyboard and amp uh, amplified things, you know. And then also Ruben did the mix of the whole album. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and we, the way we did it was basically because I'm in a, I'm in a new situation in life. I'm a, I'm a dad. Uh, I became a dad hey, for the first time. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Happened things, last year. A lot of yes. things can change in three years, right? <laughs> yes. Uh -huh. There you go. And so, because of this, I was pretty much not able to be um, present all the time. So, um, uh, what happened was that uh, he just shipped um, the songs uh, on Dropbox, basically. And uh, I listened to it and gave feedback, and we just worked back and forth like that. And then at the end of the whole mix uh, pro mixing process, uh, I um, came into Oslo, and, and we sat down and did like you know the final touches together. And so this worked out really well. But uh, the reason why it worked out was um, because I knew how... 
Ruben, thanks. We've been working together now for quite a few years, and we did so much together on the previous two albums, so I knew that this would work, because I know that he knows how I think, and vice versa. So, yeah. And then uh, another important man is Frode uh, Mangen, uh, which is the keyboard player. Okay. And he's also been a part of, of what I do for pretty much the whole period. You know, he was a part of the two previous albums as well. So he's he's kind of like the uh, a major part of the way the album sounds, I think. And then you have the horn section guys, which uh, which is also the the same guys as as last time. Okay. <laughs> well, it's a talented group. I mean, the album sounds fantastic, and and it and it. Thank uh, you. Thank you. So, did was Lars Eric was he involved at all? Actually, no. No. Okay. The way I work with my songs is that I pretty much uh, arrange and work out everything uh, ahead of uh, ahead of tracking, and that was actually the situation on the previous albums as well. So, mm-hmm. um, in many ways, uh, what Lars uh, Lars Erik was uh, doing on the previous albums was a lot of it was kind of of uh, set in stone. Um, however, obviously, I let him be who he is, and he contributed with uh, with his vibe and everything. But I, I I pretty much arrange a whole lot, and that goes for all the different parts of of a song, including bass. So right. yes. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure. So, Ola, tell us a little bit about uh, your collaboration with a, a, a lyricist for, on this project, uh, Jackie Caven, and uh, what did, uh, how did you two meet, and how did you both uh, connect? Well, um, that one started with um, Jackie basically emailing me after the first album. Uh, it appeared that she picked it up somewhere, and uh, she liked what she heard and, and uh, saw lyric-wise, and. She basically said that if I ever needed someone to collaborate with, uh, to send her an email, and uh, <laughs> that's what I did basically wow. because that's because cool. I think yeah it is, uh, and I really have to say that I respect and admire people that write lyrics and are good at it because I find it to be a really hard task. I, I pull it off from time to time, but I. I just acknowledge the fact that that's that's a lot of work, and yeah. uh, so so being able to collaborate with someone else and having a different angle to things and just different suggestions and just throwing back and forth ideas is just great. Mm-hmm. So that was a really uh, that's been a fortunate thing, I think. And I'm just curious when when you create an album and and it's it's so personal, you know, it's 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 your songs, it's 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 your creation. Are there mm-hmm. trusted people that you you know confide in to play your songs to to get like early feedback, or do you inherently just know within yourself when it's right? I think I did more of that uh, on the first album, and I might have done it a bit on the second, but on this one, I. Never did it. I actually, I don't think I did it with the previous one uh, either. Uh, but I definitely did not do it this time because um, I'm I'm pretty much certain in uh, as far as uh, or, or should I say I know what kind of direction I want want a song to uh-huh. to head towards. Yeah. So um, yes, but I I have to say that this. Uh, has to do with growing as um, 
uh, songwriter, musician, but also as a person. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would say that I probably feel a bit more secure and confident with whatever I do now than if I was to go back to the very first album uh, yeah. when I was like, uh, I was trying to figure out, okay, how does this sound? Mm -hmm. Are people going to dig it? And, right. you know, all that stuff. You know, over the years, over three albums, now you're starting to find your own confidence, you know, in terms of, you know, what people are digging in your music. And, and mm. it sounds like, you know, you've kind of split from the idea of having yeah. to, you know, to, to share it with people in order to, to get your own, you know, sort of satisfaction as to what you're going to put out there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. It's funny because I I, I see this as, as process. You're finding your process. Yeah. I mean, we talked about that with Bernie Sheravalli. Yeah. About mm -hmm. his process of working with Michael McDonald and and uh, other guys that team up with other collaborators. And and by the time you know it, after all the years, they they get their process and they, and they know how it works. You know. Yeah. Exactly. And um, I'm I'm thinking now because prior to the first album, that one took uh, such a long time to do because I started out with uh, demos and ideas way uh years before uh it came out yeah and so that process was probably over before i started uh, tracking mm -hmm. for the first album actually yep. i think mm -hmm. so even then i i was pretty much you know confident with what, what i was supposed to do yeah. actually yeah so it's been good it's been good well hey there's a few tracks on the album that we that caught our attention that we wanted to talk about not all of them just about we've got three here and um sure and one of them is is a track that i really dig and it's called giving myself a break yeah it's nice and cool it, you know this one you you okay this kind of goes back to what we mentioned earlier about steely dan but you know that has kind of a reggae influenced rhythm that has sort of that a subtle haitian divorce vibe to it when i was listening to it <laughs> oh really yeah i kind of i don't know when i was listening to it i kind of picked up on that not that i'm comparing uh, it to it but i just i kind of no. you know because you no, know there's it's not all good. I mean it's it's always like that for me because I start <laughs> writing on something yeah. and uh maybe sometimes prior to writing I'll have an idea uh about trying to 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 do something in the veins of a song yeah but other times I'll start writing and when I start writing and the song kind of sh shows itself uh it's it, it becomes um clear to me that okay this is reminiscent of this and mm -hmm. you know you know the way it works so well, it's all good it's all good i mean i know about the Haitian <laughs> thing there <laughs> well not i mean you know there's not too many steely dan tunes that have you know sort of a reggae backbeat to it but you know but one of the things i like about this tune is are the backing vocals on this one and, and i was oh, just okay. curious about the just in you know, overall the inspiration for this track well as you said um Haitian divorce, Steely Dan. Yes, you're right on the money on that one. <laughs> but at the at the same time, I I knew prior to this album that I wanted to have a, a couple of of uh, reggae sort of of um, bits and pieces uh -huh. thrown in there. So I knew that I wanted to write something that would be kind of like that, you know. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, this is not like you know it would never be like hardcore Bob Marley or anything oh. like that but at the same time just that just that feeling and that vibe i just love that so yeah. um that was really something that i knew i wanted to do something with uh however i'm always a huge sucker for uh a good melody yeah. so and, yeah. uh, so uh, hopefully that's a good melody and that that's what i'm trying to do all the time i'm always trying to write a really good melody that goes somewhere 
Yeah. Well, I think you succeeded on this one. No doubt. I think so. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks. Well, like I said, one of my favorite tracks on Stepping Up is this track called Giving Myself a Break. And I'd like to pause for a second and let's check it out. From our guest today, Ula Baroud on Inside Music Cast. Going back through time and space I recall a trace of carefree days Like a treasure hidden deep Distant memory from the past Disappearing in a world of no rest I'm giving myself a break Giving myself a break I'm giving myself a break Giving myself a break Question stand in line Waiting for a chance to twist my mind Occupying all the land inside Gotta get back to the start And find a way to
another one that you've succeeded with that we caught our attention is is keep this world alive. It's got such a nice groove, very nicely arranged. You know, it's got uh, a wonderful shuffle feel that uh, anybody who loves a shuffle feel gets suckered into this one quite quickly. You know, oh. the chord progressions. You know, you know everything from the way the you know even the guitar licks, the 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 keyboard fills. Mm-hmm. You know, th- this song can breathe. It, it, it I love it how it's uh, you know I, I say breathing because that's what the title is about. Keep this world alive. It, it breathes. Mm-hmm. This is this is very very nice. Cool. Talk to us about yeah. this right here. Keep this world alive. Okay, uh, and once again, I should probably just say "Home at Last," if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it's that uh, obvious to me that I'm I'm quite a big fan actually. But yeah. what I'm doing is I'm basically just letting myself be inspired by bits and pieces of of whatever they did or or anyone else basically yeah i I I see this as you'll obviously see influences of other people as well in what i do but this time around i'm 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 being quite clear on the fact that i'm a i'm a fan of those guys so anyways you can you can definitely track it to home at last that vibe because i just love that vibe Mm -hmm. period Mm -hmm. and uh but i want to make my own song of course Mm -hmm. i i want to do that and then this one started out with just a a guitar lick if you will because that first um those first chords are really just um they position themselves really well on a guitar and it's an e and it's like you know it's it's quite uh, obvious if you play it on the guitar so it started out with that actually and i just fiddle around with with that idea and yeah. and it just evolved from that and then um as i as i worked on the song um i figured okay so i i i wanted it to be about the imbalance of the world basically okay um i've i've been a part of a, a work um um, through uh, an organization called Star of Hope, these guys work um, among the poor people in the world and trying to give them whatever they need. So I actually went to Haiti um, to see what they're doing there, and uh, just being a part of that and wow. and uh, supporting them with uh, whatever I can do, you know, uh, as far as uh, exposing what they're doing and um, promoting what they're doing, yeah. uh, which is probably the right word just to say. Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, so I, I just wanted to, to um, touch upon that. And, and uh, it kind of goes back to Broken People as well, with, uh, as far okay. as topic and, and uh, what I'm, I'm singing about. Uh-huh. So I, I knew that I wanted this song to be about that. It's a pretty heavy subject, but at the same time, I think it's really important. Because um, what I really do not want to do is to write uh, some lyrics that really don't matter that right. uh, you know yeah so so it's really important for me that that side of the song that part of the song has some some depth and some meaning as well hey well why are in the mode of promoting uh, tell us how do people find out about star of hope yeah they can go to star of hope uh i think it's dot com yeah. uh, and if not um they'll probably just have to uh, um Seek uh, seek one star of hope on Facebook, uh, anything like that, yeah, and yeah. you'll find out about uh, what they're doing. There are a lot of those organizations, and uh, some of some are big and some are small. And this is definitely one of the smaller ones. Uh, but what I can say is that they're doing a good job, and I know that uh, the money goes to where it should be, <laughs> yeah. which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, so. that's a, kind of a novel idea, isn't it? 
<laughs> Money goes where it's supposed to go. Great. Yeah, there you go. Hey, one other yeah. track on the album is a track called Driving. And, and in the short time I've had you know, to, to listen to this album, um, this one kind of floats to the top as one of my favorites. Um, and I hate to okay. keep referring back to Steely, but I, I – and actually this track um, – has more of a Donald Fagan solo sort of feel to it, you know, for, for, you know, from from that approach, from its arrangement. But the song yeah. has such a great feel, and it's 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 intriguing from start to finish, and it it's mm-hmm. it just sucks me in every time I hear it. I actually that's one yeah. I put on repeat quite a few times because yeah, I yeah. just keep listening yeah. to it. It's a great track. It's probably probably one of my favorites as well. Yeah, yeah. And actually, it's one of the songs that uh, I wrote. Um, uh, at an early stage of writing, I okay. think perhaps one of the first songs. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I've I've had it for quite a while actually. So uh, yeah, uh, what can I say? Um, once again, Steely Dan. I really don't care if people, th- you know, have a problem with that because we don't. If you, li- if you yeah, not <laughs> uh, if our neither, audience does neither. too. <laughs> and then, uh, and you know, what people should do is that they should check out the music and if they think I'm a copycat, well, you know, well, I, I don't think I'm a copycat, but I'm definitely letting myself be inspired by what they do. They're doing. So, yeah. yeah. And, and <laughs> we don't, we don't mean to stereotype in any, I mean, it does, I mean, obviously it has these feels, but definitely it's, it's, it's your own and it, and it has, it, it does things. The music takes you places that Steely wouldn't. I mean, you, it definitely has your own signature, but it just, yeah. Obviously, we're we're uh, we do pick up on the vibe that you mentioned that it does mm. you know contain those steely elements, but definitely oh, it's, yeah. it's 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 definitely Ula Barut all the way. <laughs> you go, yeah. That's the way I'm thinking about uh, thinking as well as yeah. as far as the, what the outcome is yeah. actually. Yeah. So absolutely. Well, you know, driving is um, that one was uh, a bit more like uh, I wanted the song to have an an easy feel to it and uh so so those lyrics are way way more easy going yeah, and uh, yeah. re- really don't they don't say say more than just um tell a story about uh, a guy driving and and just uh, elaborates on that which is uh, in my opinion a good feeling and uh it's supposed to be a song that you can actually listen to while driving a car. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just uh having a good time. Well guys, let's pause for a moment and let's take one more break and check out the track Driving from Ula Barud's newest album, Stepping Up, on Inside Music Cast.
And here's the point that we've been talking about, me and Rick. It's, you know, your music seems to be, uh, you find it's, it's a new vibe whenever you play live. You know, have you ever thought of a recording of a live album? It has been uh, mentioned uh, every now and then. And mm-hmm. um, it would have been a great thing to do. Uh, it's just that uh, it hasn't happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And also, it's just a matter of trying to trying to get together with the right people to do it and, and make it happen, basically, more or less. Right. So well, I'm, I'm just bringing that up because the fact yeah. that we don't want that idea to go away because your no, music sure. is different when it's live as opposed to when it's recorded. Of a lot course. of people can't perform live. I'm serious. You know, a lot of people can get to the studio, do great things, but live, it's, it's a different game, you know? It is, definitely. So uh, it would be great to try to try to show – um, what's going on live uh, and and get it out there. Absolutely. Yeah. That would be um, a thing to try to um, strive for in the future, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, on the topic of uh, of performing live, I was thinking about touring and, and, um, and I know you're, you're going to be uh, doing some touring here soon. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think uh, you've got a gig tonight and tomorrow night. And But tell yes, me, I, how, how long is the rehearsal process for your band to get comfortable with, with your new music to be ready for a tour? Wow, that's, that's kind of like uh, – I would say that we go through different stages of that because mm-hmm. uh, prior to uh, these release gigs, um, we did like – I would say we – we did three rehearsals like for real and um i know that the guys did some some vocal rehearsals uh, on their own as well but you know the it's like this once you start playing the songs live that's a totally different thing and then you get a feel for how you saw the song more or less mm-hmm. and and uh, that whole um task just grows on you more and more and the more you do it the more you feel confident in what you're doing and uh and all of a sudden you realize that you can relax at different parts and you can focus on other parts and and uh it's it it really is a long process because <laughs> there's quite a lot of information going on so yeah. i mean yeah. i'm it's uh <laughs> Yeah. I shouldn't yeah. say, but I'm still learning my old songs uh, every day uh, or every time I play. In a way, you know, because um, it's it's kind of like you can you can always pick out something that you can work on, and um, I think that's a good thing because once you start falling asleep, if you know what I mean, as far as uh, oh, this is you know everything's all good now and uh this is cool if you're not like uh focused and and sharp uh i think you're gonna lose it yeah absolutely if you know what i mean so i think it's important to have that that sort of of attitude towards what you're doing live as much as you can um try to make it be as the first time in a way but um try to leave behind the you know uh nerves and everything (laughs) yeah yeah well, I was noticing on on Facebook that um, several of your shows are, are selling out quickly, and it's you know it's difficult for Eddie and I or anybody here in the states to gauge you know what's happening since mm-hmm. since we're here in the states. But it seems that you know your music is gaining a lot of attention outside of Norway and, and really spreading across various parts of Europe. And, and would you say that's accurate? Are you you find that you're getting larger fan bases in different parts of Europe and other areas? There, there has been uh, more and more uh, feedback from uh, South America and also Asia. 
and then and actually also from europe from uh -huh. different parts okay there are uh, slowly ticking in um requests for gigs in in uh, different parts of the world so uh, very cool that uh, probably says something about that and uh, which is really cool because um i'd love to play anywhere in the world <laughs> basically yeah. <laughs> and i actually got to go to japan like for the first time last year which was really cool, cool. so we we played at um uh, a venue called cotton club in tokyo and i know that a lot of a lot of the guys that you've been in interviewing up through yeah. the years have, have been at that place so i mean yeah. it's a that was an honor as well to be a kind of like a part of that yeah. family if you will definitely mm -hmm. yeah so tell us, you have you've uh, this weekend you've um, uh, had some gigs. Tell us about the launch of this new project uh, that we've been talking about, stepping up. What's been going mm -hmm. on, and uh, you know? Well, uh, I'm in the middle of them, and I'm doing like uh, two release gigs in in Oslo, in um, okay. the capital of Norway, and then I'm also doing uh, a release gig in Stockholm, in Sweden. And uh, that's basically because uh, more and more I'm seeing that a lot of, of the people that buy my albums and listen to what I do um, are from Sweden. Okay. And uh, I'm playing quite a few gigs there, uh, more and more actually. And so it's it's just natural for me to head over there and, and uh, meet mm -hmm. up with the guys uh, and, and present what I'm doing now for them. Well, anyway, so, so that's going on. And then obviously... Um, the guys that I'm working with uh, at Connection are doing whatever they can to get it out uh, as far as uh, releasing the hard copies, but also uh, on iTunes. It's going to be on iTunes like the 24th of November, Great. I think. Great. And uh, the single's out already and uh, got a lot of good feedback on that one. And um, I'm actually also um, working with a new booking agent uh, agency here so uh so you know some some new things going on which is really cool and um i'm pretty sure that there will be a second uh trip to tokyo uh pretty soon uh great sometime uh on the beginning of next year i think well, you'll have you'll have a very good album to take with you to to, to japan <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah. it's a wonderful work, body of work we've got to find a way to get you over here Ula. i know oh <laughs> i'd love to come back you yeah. guys that'd be so great Absolutely. oh very cool well Ula, the project stepping up is is fabulous um we 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 totally endorse it because um eddie and i've been listening to it quite a bit i know mikhail and and uh um, mm -hmm. Scott Gross had been listening to it also, and we all just think it's it's fantastic. And and thanks for uh, spending time with us and uh, sharing some thoughts about it. No and uh, it's good to catch up. It's been a long time, and it's it's uh, great to talk to you again. Yeah, thanks you guys. I I appreciate it so much. So, all right, yeah, sure. It's an and, honor. And congratulations on the new addition to the family. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. He's a really <laughs> sweet guy. His name is Anton. I love it. Good. He's, he's the coolest little guy. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Ula. We'll take care, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Take care, you guys. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to Ula Baroud for joining us on this episode of Inside Music Cast. We'd also like to thank our correspondents, Kim Riley, Brian Pearson, Scott Gross, Mikhail Ingstrom, Loretta Sassaman, Scott Sheriff, Don Breidup, and Mats Unilad for their continued support and content development for Inside Music Cast. Inside Music Cast is powered by Cabello Associates and Earshot Audio Post. For information about becoming a sponsor and sharing your message with thousands of music fans around the world, 
please visit InsideMusicCast.com for contact information. For Eddie Cabello, I'm Rick Such. Thanks for listening to Inside Music Cast. <laughs>